Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia, episode number 41. Today, Sunday, the 13th of 2009. I thank each and every one of you for joining me today, downloading and listening to Purple Mafia. Very much appreciated, as we are available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey. So now you know how to pronounce my last names. i got to start saying that more appropriately. Don't know why I hadn't been the last year and a half, but whatever. Well, the Vikings were able to pull out a victory today, which is outstanding. But before that, real quick, on thesportstuff.com, there is a button on the right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Simply click on that. That is how you can sign up for our message boards. And join about 400 members where you can vote on our polls. You can uh, interact with me, the podcaster, and other podcasters on the website. You can talk about sports of any kind. You can talk about politics, video games, whatever it is. It's on there, folks. It is 100% free and 100% fun. Also, on thesportstuff.com, we have a call-in line, which is a voicemail. So simply treat it as such. The number is 209-736-7TSS, 209-736-7877 is the number. As mentioned, it is a voicemail, so when you call it in, simply mention you are calling for Purple Mafia. Do leave your, any type of of information you like, a shout-out, question, comment, whatever it is, it'll be welcome on air. Keep it to about a minute. And you will hear your voice with mine here on Purple Mafia. Well, the guest of the show today will specifically be the game. And then we will have preview for next week's game against the Detroit Lions. So that is the guest of the show today. So with no further ado, we are going to take our first break. And we will talk about today's game after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, the new fast-breaking wolves are bursting on the scene with Timberwolves Explosion. Hear about this exciting new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, Johnny Flynn, and new coach Kurt Rambis. Check us out on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes, where we cover the wolves like nobody else. Show your true blue, download and listen to this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Is it episode number 41, which is a reminder for iPod users. Well, the Minnesota Vikings do pull out a 34-20 victory. 
in Cleveland today. Uh, <laughs> it sure was a lot closer starting out the game than in how it finished, I'll tell you that. I mean, this, this game was not quite as uh, dominant by the Vikings in the first half, so we're going to get into that first half right now. As Brady Quinn was finally named the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, a lot of us figured that was coming for forever, as he is called the golden boy there in Cleveland. Um, and, of course, there were all these media rumors all week about it. And, uh, well, there he was, number 10, quarterback of Cleveland Browns. Congratulations to him. <laughs> and at least he's healthy this time. As the Browns would open a, open the game with great field position, they win the, uh, the coin toss. Good return. And uh, as the Vikings, yeah, we're going to get into that too, the uh, punt, or, punt and kick, well, the kick coverage of the day. Yeah, hmm. yeah well, good thing, good thing it wasn't a close playoff game or something, right? Yeah, hmm. that kick coverage, I'm telling you, man, I am telling you. All right, let's get to it. Quinn was fairly sharp early, and the Browns would draw first blood as they were able to get a 37-yard field goal from Dawson to make it 3 to nothing, Cleveland. That was the that was the disappointing part. It was like, what the heck? It's it's three nothing Cleveland already. Come on! But at least at least they didn't get into the end zone. <laughs> As we know, they had a drought from mid November last year for for an offensive touchdown. Think about how pathetic that is. That's how bad things got in Cleveland last season, late in the year. That is amazing. All right. As now here we go. Number four in a white jersey, a white and purple jersey. <laughs> in a regular season game, he really is the Vikings quarterback. It wasn't just a, wasn't just some kind of rumor, some kind of, some kind of like uh, government conspiracy or something. You know that he was the quarterback of the Vikings. He really is, because there it is. He officially is a starting quarterback in a regular season game for the Vikings. And uh, oh goody, his first shift, his first shift, his first series was a complete wash as the Vikings go three and out. That was disappointing. The Browns defense looking like the Vikings defense, just. Nothing going on. But then the Vikings defense steps up and forces the Browns into a 3-and-out as well. And then on the following drive, the Vikings get the ball back, of course. Jeff Dugan. How about this? Jeff Dugan showed his value when he gave the Vikings a tough five-yard run for a first down. So that was one of the highlights of that uh, series. Unfortunately, though, with three chances, as the Vikings got all the way to the, uh, the Cleveland 3, all the way up to the Cleveland 3, the Vikings were snuffed. And had to settle for a chip shot, 21-yard 20 yard field goal from the best kicker in the NFL, Ryan Longwell. I got a little heat for taking him as the top kicker in fantasy football. Just you watch, guys. Just you watch. Mm-hmm. He helped me get to the Super Bowl last year, and he will get me there again. Thank you very much. All right. <laughs> so now the Browns get the ball back as the... Uh, that was such an exciting first quarter. That was pretty much the end of the first quarter about at that point. As yes, it was. What an exciting first quarter. Um, <laughs> the Vikings defense stood strong again as the Browns were snuffed. As their drive, they got a first, they got one first down. Looked all right, but then Brady Quinn was buried by a Kevin Williams sack, the first of the day. So it was like, here we go, and now we're going to get some sacks. There were four total sacks for the Vikings today. I'll get into that shortly. As on the ensuing punt, folks, Darius Raynaud would catch the ball at the fifty and have a huge 36-yard return, setting the Vikings up for what would result with two big Adrian Peterson plays, including a nice 18-yard reception. So looking like Brian Westbrook a little bit there. Nice 18-yard reception. See, is he caught it about 
It was about 11 yards, and then made a couple break, broke some tackles. Yeah, looking like Brian Westbrook there, as he mentioned, that he would like to be more of a receiving running back this year, like to be more involved with that as well. Fantasy owners rejoice, as Adrian Peterson is, is getting even better, folks. He's getting even better, because after the 18-yard reception, Adrian Peterson did what he did three times today. He got a goal line touchdown. Well, the third one wasn't a goal line touchdown, but it was a touchdown nonetheless. <laughs> yep, goal line score, putting the Vikings up ten to three, and it's like kumbaya. Here we go. Ain't no stopping us now, right? Ain't no stopping us now. As the Browns now here through, here's where things get a little bit complicated. Here, are you ready, folks? Are you ready? <laughs> Let's just say this drive. Had, I was taking notes quite a bit during this drive. <laughs> It's a pretty thick, uh, thick little note here. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, during their drive, it appeared that Vickers had fumbled and Vikings recovered the ball. Then the Vikings challenged because the ball was just, it was just ruled down, Cleveland ball, first down, whatever. Um, the Vikings then made a challenge. The official decided it was a fumble, oh, but it was, there was not clear-cut recovery by the Vikings. Wow, oh, goody. So now Cleveland Browns get to keep the ball. And we lose a timeout and a challenge. So Childress, not too happy there. Um, I'm not upset with Brad Childress for making that call because guess what? That that should have been Vikings ball. There were four purple jerseys, and if there was a brown jersey there, I sure the hell didn't see it. Pardon my French if that's really that much of a swear word, but I didn't see it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, on the next play, Jamal Lewis, man. Jamal Lewis. This guy's not done yet, folks. Jamal Lewis scampered on the sidelines for a 15-yard gain and was hit helmet to helmet and was on the ground for about two minutes or so. But luckily, Lewis was okay. He sat out only one play, then gave Cleveland another first down. <laughs> Quinn then threw a 34-yard bomb to Braylon Edwards for a touchdown to add in and to add insult to injury, Cedric Griffin was blown for a pass interference. Oh, but guess what, folks? You know how it's like, oh, goody, Cleveland's touchdown droughts were... No, it isn't. Brad Childress then challenged the play as the com the uh, complication continues here, saying Edwards had stepped out of bounds, which means he's an ineligible receiver, right? But then the argument is that was the question was, did Cedric Griffin push Edwards out of bounds, or was it more just interference and in, in pushing him forward to try to miss the ball? Uh, thankfully, the challenge was accepted, as. They say that Edwards did not have, did not reestablish himself inbounds with both feet. So that's the thing. He did not reestablish. So he was pushed out of bounds, but did not reestablish his feet inbounds. So it's like even more complicated in that sense. As sure he was pushed out, but <laughs> he was pushed out. So it's still a pass interference, but not a touchdown, basically, is what happened. As yes, as mentioned, Braylon Edwards did not reestablish his feet in bounds. Cleveland got the ball at the six, and oh bummer, they couldn't, they couldn't get a touchdown. Oh bummer! As Ray Edwards had buried the Browns, getting his sack. That's the second sack of the game. They'd have to settle for another field goal, making it ten to six Vikings, ending an amazingly drawn out and complicated series. That was something else, folks. That was something else. You should just see my notes here. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Vikings get the ball back, and it's like, okay, let's let's bust this thing open. Let's stop screwing around here. We're just, just getting this party started, right? Nope. Three and out for the Vikings, despite opening with a nine-year reception to Rice. A quick 
vintage far of throw to, to uh, Sidney Rice. Nine-yard gain, so it's second and one, and they still couldn't get one lousy yard forward. As Peterson has pushed back twice, very frustrating there. Three and out. Well, Peterson was pushed back one. Yeah, Peterson was pushed back twice in that one. Very frustrating there. The Browns drive wasn't much better. Things kind of get a little boring here for a while. They went three and out. Another three and out for the Vikings. Favre sacked, and a completion to Taylor comes up short. He was short by about two to three yards or so because it was second and or third and 15 at the time. Just whatever. That's how it goes. So now the Vikings have to punt. And here we go again, folks. Here you go again. Cleveland returner Joshua Gibbs, or Cribs, excuse me, I apologize, would show the Vikings still have holes in their kick coverage that he would return the kick 67 yards for a touchdown. The Vikings gave up seven return touchdowns last year, by the way, folks. Seven. Well, there's number one right there. Mm-hmm, only six to go. Yeah. You know, how, how frustrating is it to see... Those kickoff return touchdowns or punt return, any type of kick return touchdown. It is just, it's been going on in here in Minnesota since I've been watching them since 1992. Now, I'm old enough to have watched 80s Vikings football, but yeah, I started in 92. And I'm telling you, special teams coverage has been a problem since 92, guaranteed. And probably further back, like 1961. Yeah, I'm getting, ugh, it drives me nuts. Drives me insane. Cleveland, the Cleveland frickin' Browns lead the Vikings 13-10, to and it's like, are you serious? So one and, a, one and a half minutes remain. Percy Harvin would then try to show what he can do, because he would come out of the end zone. He's determined as all heck to try to get a 100-yard touchdown here. He gets 25, so at least he didn't get buried back at the 15, drawing the ire of coaching staff, you know, like you would, when you could just knee it down and get at the 20. But yeah, he got to the 25, not bad at all, looking... Pretty good, did Versi Harvin and Raynaud. So at least our kick returning looks good, but our kick coverage, it's like a permanent problem, man. Unfortunately, though, the Vikings would have yet another unimpressive three and out, as Cleveland's defense was looking pretty damn good at that time. I mean, they looked like the Vikings' front four at the time. It was, or, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. The front three, I guess. Three, they're a three-four defense. Uh, Quinn would have another, would have a minute and four seconds with the ball at their 39-yard line. So they had a pretty good uh, they had pretty good field position, but they didn't do squat. They didn't do squat. They had a three and out to finish the half, and they just basically kneeled it down at the end. They're like, heck with it. It's pointless now. Crowd, draw, crowd was booing, even though their team was winning the game against a possible Super Bowl team, Minnesota Vikings. And how about this stat, folks, going into the half? Write this down. <laughs> For those of you that didn't get to see this game, Write this down. Peterson had 24 yards in the in the whole first half and only one yard in the second quarter. So write that down, folks. As things are about to get a things are about to change significantly. <laughs> the second half rolls along. As here comes the second half, Percy Harvin, baby, Percy Harvin with a. This was a sign that things were on the way, as you could just tell. The team, the coaches were like, "Okay, this is bullcrap. We're not supposed to lose to this Cleveland Browns team." We're this is bullcrap. Let's just show these SOBs what we can do. And let's show every announcer, every whoever they are across the world what we can do. Every podcaster that does the show Purple Mafia. Yeah. <laughs> All the media members. Heck, I'm I'm media member. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's show these sons of guns what we can do. Percy Harvin comes out 41-yard return. So it's like, okay, let's... It looks like they were just kidding in the first half, and we're going to play football now. 
And they did. <laughs> they did. This That was the awesomest part. Adrian Peterson, though, had an IV during halftime due to hydration issues, and it was a pretty quiet locker room. People were a little scared. But whatever they put in that IV, I'd like some myself. As the announcer said that, I I, I would too. I'm, I, could, I could use a little bit of that because... Oh, boy. Whew. It gets pretty amazing. As Peterson gained the first down with two quick runs, it was just, you know, he looked like looked like Terrell Davis, just five and five. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. First down, Terrell Davis, baby. Showing no ill effects from what happened in the uh, the halftime as the hydration was kicking in. And Percy Harvin then had his second 11-yard rush of the game, but they didn't mention this earlier. Had his second 11-yard rush of the game. So they're even using him as a running back. So both times they used him, he gained 11 yards on the ground. Very awesome. Per Mr. Versatile himself, Percy Harvin. Favre, though, unfortunately, immediately after that, had to burn a timeout. You could just see him say, damn it, <laughs> as, as the clock was expiring. The game clock was expiring. Didn't have a choice. Then he aired it out to Rice. So it's like, ooh, we're not going to play that conservative crap again. As, uh, yeah. It, it, it almost it almost looked like last year the whole first half was just that conservative dump pass the whole time. And uh, all of a sudden, Favre's airing it out to Sidney Rice. Looked really good, caught the ball, but unfortunately Rice's left foot was ruled out of bounds, or it would have 35-yard touchdown. There was some argument if he was in or not, but I guess he wasn't. Whatever. As Favre then hit Schenko in a pinch, it was just a quick, quick play, really quick release, quick move, everything, who was then able to gain the first down. Another air attempt by Favre to Rice. This one was called pass interference, defensive pass interference, including the Vikings at the four, and a hyped-up Peterson. Like, this is when Adrian Peterson, something changed in this son of a gun, man. He was like, okay, I'm going to tear you people to pieces. I mean, he was just all getting revved up with his teammates and stuff. You know, like, hell yeah, let's kick some butt here. <laughs> was stopped at, at the, he was stopped at the one twice, forcing third and goal, but the third time was a charm as AP would get his second... Goal line touchdown of the game, ending a very impressive drive by the Minnesota Vikings, 17-13. to And ladies and gentlemen, we never looked back, folks. Vikings never looked back. This third quarter was a beauty. 14 to nothing in favor of Minnesota, by the way. But Richard Lewis, I'm telling you, this guy, excuse me, Jamal Lewis, Richard Lewis. Yeah, this isn't Baltimore. He was in Baltimore, but yeah. Jamal Lewis looks like he still he still has it, folks. As I let's just say, Marcus was offered to trade one of the players on his team that wasn't that good for Jamal Lewis. He's, he asked me if I should if if he should do the trade. I was like, yeah, absolutely. This guy's still a decent player, and he had a pretty solid year. He certainly helped Marcus's team. And <laughs> Jamal Lewis looks like he still has it. So some fancy players out there, I I wouldn't be too dis- if for whatever reason he's floating around on your uh, free agency list and and uh, you need a running back really bad. Hey, this guy, this guy still has it, folks, in my opinion. Two very solid runs of 11 and 8 on that ensuing drive. Unfortunately, Nickelback Benny Sapp, as I forgot to mention in previous shows, that Benny Sapp actually won the Nickelback job, not Asher Allen, as he worked extremely hard in the training camp and ended up beating out Asher Allen ever so slightly. It was amazing, but he apparently was carted off and he, he banged his, his fist on the cart. And uh, there was all kinds of talk about, at first, it might be just cramps, but I don't know. He looked pretty upset. And uh, to this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure. Not sure what happened. There's no report that I could find. 
on Benny Sapp yet, so I apologize for that. Hope and pray he is healthy. Man, this son of a gun worked his butt off to earn that nickelback spot. So, mm. Let's get back to the game, though. Quinn then threw the ball right to Cedric Giffen, <laughs> who would not disappoint. He made the catch. It was uh, it was all Willie Mays styles. He was he made the over the over the head catch. Boom, caught it and then kind of slid out of bounds. Vikings ball, and it, you could just feel the Cleveland Browns. You could just feel the air coming out of the building right there, as the Browns the energy of the Cleveland Browns was pretty dang good in the first half. And it's like, what the heck was that? And he threw it right to him. The Vikings would get the ball at their 20, though, so it was kind of like a punt in a way, but still, that's how it goes. A bloody Adrian Peterson would then give the Vikings a first down, and I say bloody because the uh, the hole where the IV was put in apparently wasn't sealed properly, and it was bleeding all over the place. But, uh, yep, a bloody, a bloody Adrian Peterson would <laughs> give the Vikings a first down. Favre was sacked again as the O-line flat had hadn't given Favre much protection to this point. And no, it was very frustrating. Up to that point, it seemed like Favre had no time to throw the ball. But almost right as I was, uh, right, right as this frustration was starting to set in, the O-line started to step up. So go figure. Uh, vintage Favre then threw his patented bullet pass to Harvin for another first down. As Percy Harvin and Brett Favre start to uh, make some major chemistry here. Very, very exciting. As yet another first down for Minnesota as Peterson would make two solid runs. So another five and five or five and six for Peterson. Just jamming his head into people's, or jamming his shoulder into people's heads and back and forth. Just beautiful stuff. Very determined was Peterson on this day. Taylor would then do what Peterson did as as Chester Taylor went in for him. Did the same thing. Two runs and another first down. As the gutty Vikings team continued to march down the field. Peterson then exploded on the open field, who eventually was stopped at the 15. That was a 25-yard gain. And all, this long drive just was just moving along, moving along, moving along. You're talking about moving the chains. They look like the Denver Broncos, folks, in 98, 97, 98. Looked like Elway hitting his receivers with those quick bullet passes and Terrell Davis just banging through people. It was, it was a beautiful thing. As Favre and Harvin would show amazing chemistry as... Farv hit Harvin on a bullet. Farvin, <laughs> as the Farvin tandem. Farv hit Harvin on a bullet pass, moving the Vikings closer. And then the two would embrace in the end zone as Farv would hit Harvin at the three, who then turned and extended for a touchdown. Vikings 24-13, and you could just feel it, baby. Farv just had the biggest smile on his face. His first touchdown pass as a Viking. Percy Harvin's first touchdown reception as a, in his career, and it comes from the legendary Brett Favre, and in his very first game, his very first real game as a Minnesota Viking, it was just a beautiful thing to see. As Harvin was not doing alligator arms in this game, he was making catches all day. Well, like all, he was he caught virtually everything thrown his way except a, a uh, overthrown uh, screen pass to Harvin earlier. Just a beautiful, beautiful combination. Percy Harvin, I think, is going to have a really nice year. As these two are going to be a nice combination. You could just feel it. You could just feel it. And uh, Favre has taken Percy Harvin under his wing. And uh, that's all indications that that's what's going on. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. Beautiful thing. As here come the uh, Cleveland Browns again. The Vikings were able to hold the Browns to third and five. But Kevin Willis was called for offsides. 
And now the Browns got a costly first down. Is the frustration there a little? The Browns would be third and eight, but this time would be whistled for a false start, so the opposite thing happened. Third and 13, a deep attempt by Quinn was badly overthrown, and that would be all she rolled for Cleveland in this drive, and the booze started to really pick up there, as that was weak. That was just a weak play. Weak. Ugly, ugly, ugly. I don't know what Quinn was doing there. I don't think... Just somebody wasn't doing what they're supposed to do on that play. The plainest day. Um, as now the Vikings get the ball back right away. A bruising 10-yard run by Adrian Peterson for a first down. Taylor and Kleinsasser would drop passes, forcing a punt. After gaining first down, Quinn fumbled, attempting to pass. Quinn just fumbled while attempting to pass. It literally just popped out of his head like Favre used to do that years ago. And the Vikings recovered at the Cleveland 30. And Peterson exploded on the open field again for another 19 yards, putting the Vikings at the 11. Favre then was sacked, though, unfortunately. All the way back on the 19 as the Vikings were stopped and would settle for a 37-yard field goal, making it a commanding 27-13. The Browns, though would open their drive with another false start. As you could just see, this team was disoriented. They were really, they were they were about to fold, and boy, did they fold. <laughs> As they drew the ire of the home crowd even more, a deep pass to Braylon Edwards was dropped, and a short completion would not be enough, and the Browns had punt again. Adrian Peterson showed, though, <laughs> on the next drive, folks. Adrian Peterson showed the world what he could do. <laughs> showed the world who the best running back in the NFL is. If anyone was still unsure, as what did he do on the very first play of the next drive? He did exactly what happened <laughs> in the Houston Texans game. A handoff, broke a few tackles, and adios, ladies and gentlemen. 64-yard touchdown, 180 yards, and three touchdowns. Officially, at that point in time, Peterson is looking like Ladanian Tomlinson and Terrell Davis at his time. He really is right now, in, in the prime, excuse me. 34-13 Vikings, and... Uh, that would be the end of Adrian Peterson and Brett Favre at that point, because why in the heck would you leave them in? I mean, what would be the point of that? As uh, garbage time sets in now, folks. Garbage time has set in. Another unimpressive series for the Browns. Le yields a punt. Tavares Jackson to take over. Nothing really happened there. Browns were desperately, though, trying to end the touchdown drought from last November. Finally do it. Finally do end that drought as Quinn hits... Royal for a touchdown, the tight end Royal of the Cleveland Browns. So that's one less thing for the Browns to hear, at least. But the Vikings would run the clock out. The final score was 34-20, to 20, and the Vikings are 1-0, ladies and gentlemen. 1-0. Outstanding. Great feeling. And a flat-out blowout for the Vikings. Very, very exciting game for the Vikings. And a uh, very good sign. <laughs> to see thing. I mean, it's nice to see a score like that, 34-20 to 20 on the road like that. Uh, you can tell this team is going to be a major contender this year. I mean, it's plain as day. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break, though, as we're going to get into a preview for next week's game right after this. Here on the SportsDuff.com, we're turning up the tempo on Brave the Wild. A new era has come to the state of hockey with new attitude, Martin Havlet, a more open style with coach Todd Richards, and a new philosophy in general manager Chuck Fletcher. We're available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Answer the call and get ready to brave the wild. 
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 41. Another reminder for iPod users, well, we're going to briefly preview next week's game against the Detroit Detroit Tigers, no, Detroit Lions, as uh, they look to end their losing streak. So another streak looking to end. Hopefully it won't be, hopefully that streak won't end. This game was in New Orleans today. The Detroit Lions played the New Orleans Saints, and the Lions lost 45-27. to They were able to muster 17 points in the third quarter, which is good for the Lions, I guess, but the Saints were utterly destroying them. The Lions gave up six touchdown passes and one inter- only, only got one interception against Drew Brees, 358 yards. And you can argue this is the best offense in the NFL with Brees, especially Brees in general of the Saints. Just an amazing quarterback, a 5,000-yard quarterback last year. Uh, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns this year, but six touchdowns? I mean, that just says Brett Favre could have a field day next week, and I hope he does. Uh, one thing, though, definitely, which is alarming for uh, the Detroit Lions, is the the uh, the Saints lost two of their defensive player defensive linemen this week due to uh, due to the drug ruling, performance enhancing drug ruling. They lost them for four games. The Vikings, of course, the Williams Wall was acquitted. As I'm not going to really get into that because I don't really like all that stuff, but no, well, I mean, I'll get into it because uh, really briefly here is the good news is the Vikings won't have to worry about it, and that's our best, you know, those are our super-duper star defensive tackles. By the way, Latroy Gain with his first sack in the NFL today, got enough time to get a sack today. That was really cool to see, so I just thought I'd mention that real quick. Latroy <laughs> Gain with a sack, love to see that. Um, but yeah, they lost... <laughs> Two stud defensive ends on their team. Now I know they're not necessarily run stoppers, but still, that's a, that's a defensive line that's very necessary. You know, if you're going to stop somebody, and Kevin Smith still only amasses 20 yards and 15 rushes and a touchdown. So uh, I think Kevin Smith's going to be in trouble when he runs into the Williams Wall next week, as there is no suspensions here. So that's definitely one thing to worry about for him, Kevin Smith. So. That's the guy I feared most on this Detroit team at this point in time. The Saints defense, well, <laughs> good grief. Look at look at Matthew Stafford. His first game as a starting quarterback threw 37 passes, 205 yards, but his completion percentage, 43%, and he threw three interceptions. So Saints defense looking fairly good in that sense. Kelvin Johnson was able to get 90 yards, so that's definitely a guy you got to worry about. He had a 64-yard reception on the day. So that's obviously your top guy. Remember, he had that 70-yard reception last year against the Vikings defense. Um, I don't really fear Detroit that much, but you never know. It's a division game. That is pretty much the thing to worry about when it comes to the Detroit Lions. And Matthew Stafford did get his feet wet ever so slightly playing his first NFL game. And, of course, a much weaker defense than the Vikings will be next week, I would think. Um, The Lions do play at home next week, however. This week they had to go into the Big Easy, as it was a, a very Big Easy game for the, the New Orleans Saints. Six touchdowns for Drew Brees, as I mentioned a hundred times. Amazing. As for the running game, well, Henderson had 103 yards. Reggie Bush had 55 yards. Meekum had 51 yards. Oh, <laughs> well, that's the reason. Uh, excuse me. Bell, I'm looking at the wrong area here. Bell had 143 yards. Just amazing. Those are the receptions, yeah, but from Drew Brees. Just amazing. 
Henderson with 103 yards receiving. Bush, 55. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch out <laughs> for the Saints and obviously the Lions. I think passing. I think the Vikings passing game will explode. Bell amassed 143 yards on the ground, and they're going to be going against Adrian Peterson next week, the Detroit Lions run game for run defense. So, yep, I wouldn't be surprised if Peterson had another huge game, another 150. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Uh, the fun begins. Jeremy Shockey. Now, here's one final thing I'm going to make it fun of really quick here. Jeremy Shockey didn't score a single touchdown last year. The Detroit Lions allowed him to have two today. Two. So, come on, Brett Favre. Go enjoy the go enjoy the passing bonanza next week. As I think there's going to be a lot of passing next week. I do. Remember how Tavares Jackson blew up against him last last year. So, when, when after Farrat got hurt, last chance Jackson. And it was nice to see last chance action on the field today, because that meant we were blowing out the Browns. Awesome. Not because of injury for Tafar, but because we were blowing the Browns out. Good, good, good. So that will conclude the preview. As we are going to close with the polls, and uh, nobody left a comment, so all I have to say is, Minnesota, the question was, who will win the NFC North this year? Minnesota receiving 75%, and Green Bay receiving 25%. Chicago and Detroit not getting any. Chicago not getting any. Hmm. But no, I don't think Chicago is going to win the division. I actually think they went third. I think Green Bay goes second, Minnesota first, and of course Detroit bringing up the rear. So that will be my prediction, of course, for the standings. I didn't even bring that up last show, so I'm briefly doing it right there, right then and there. Not going to do a poll today because the thing is, I can't just come out and say, well, how, how would you rate Brett Favre's performance again? Is that would be kind of silly in a sense, because I just did one two weeks ago. And um, Favre was a big story today, but at the same time, Adrian Peterson was the story. So, yeah, I can't put who was your MVP either, because, I mean, come on. <laughs> Brett, or, uh, Adrian Peterson's going to get 100% of the votes, even though Favre and Harvin looked pretty darn good today, as did Kevin Williams and E.J. Henderson. Those guys look really, really good. Jared Allen, by the way, quieted significantly today. So, But that, that's just how it goes when you go against a, a fairly good young offensive line in Cleveland as they gave Brady Quinn a lot more time than, than Brett Favre had today. So that's my final note of the day right there. Uh, yeah, Detroit next week shouldn't be much of a problem, I don't think. I think the Vikings do win. Um, <laughs> unless Detroit's defense wakes up out of nowhere though I don't expect that to happen. Their offensive line is uh, pretty much in shambles. I think the uh, Williams wall, well, not even necessarily the Williams wall, more like the Jared Allen, <laughs> the Jared Allen, Ray Edwards, maybe Latroy Guyon type players are going to come in and get some sacks on Matthew Stafford. So that's how we're going to conclude the show today. No poll, no poll, but thank those of you who voted last week. I do appreciate it, and I'd like to see more of you vote. By the way, I'd like to see more of you sign up for thesportstuff.com. Do sign up. It's more than worth it, and I also want you to make sure you do call in to the phone lines. Again, I'm going to bring it up again because I need you to call in, folks. I need you to call in. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the voicemail. And also you can contact me on thesportstuff.com, private message me on there, or paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Also on Facebook, I am Joey Awajan. The last name is A-W-A-I-J-A-N and is in November. 
E. So add me on Facebook. Join my Facebook group, Paladino Live Productions. So love to have you on board. Thank you all for listening. Go Vikings, as I think we're going to be 2-0 next week, folks. I think we are. And we'll get to that when the time comes. Until then, take care. Take care.